Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Find your notes, if you will. Follow along with me. Uh, I'm going to do a very simple message this morning, but a very complex and relevant one. We're going to talk about under the influence, and specifically, who is influencing you? What is influencing you? And we're going to look at the Old Testament. There's a prophet by the name of Jeremiah, chapter 15, those verses. We're going to look at those in a moment. But the question you and I have to ask ourselves is, what influences us? Who influences us most in our life? What causes you to think the way that you do? What is the driving force for your actions and for your attitudes? What is it that motivates you? And so you and I have to ask ourselves very clearly, okay, I am this way, I am thinking like this, I'm acting like this because of what? Why? It's a valid question. In our story, Jeremiah is this prophet in the Old Testament and he is having a hard time. One of the most evil kings in their history of Israel has passed away, and yet Israel is still going their own way and not turning to God and doing what they want to do. And because of that, nations are coming in and getting ready to destroy them. Now, when you look at Scripture, especially the Old Testament, God works in certain ways that you have to understand. Now, this isn't in your notes. It's a bonus for you for being here today and for watching, okay? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, think of two things when you read about what God does. First of all, God says to Israel over and over again, if you do this, I'll do this, right? If you don't do this, I'm going to do this. He reemphasizes that over and over again, tells them up front, here's what I expect of you. Here's what I want of you. And if you'll do it, I'll take care of you. I'll bless you. I'll help you. If you don't, then there's going to be a price to pay, correct? And so when Israel does what God told them not to do, God has to keep his word, doesn't he? And so he's saying, look, I told you, I gave you the opportunity, you made a choice, and now you're going to suffer the consequences of your choice. That still plays through today and will into eternity because one day everyone will stand before God and God will be able to say, I told you that if you would accept Christ and if you would live this kind of life that you can live with me forever in heaven. And I told you that if you chose to reject him and do your own thing and go your own way, then there is a hell to pay. You chose. I've got to keep my word. I told you. I warned you. I said, if you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. And so all throughout Scripture, you follow that principle of how God operates. But there's a second thing about God that He does that makes Him so great. And that is, He never punishes, disciplines, brings hardship to just, I just want you to pay for what you've done. He does it in hopes that you will turn around and come back to him. And so he does to Israel, he pushes them off and does this and goes, I'm going to do this. I just hope you'll come back to me. And I hope this problem will draw you to me. 
And so this is going on. It's hard. It's difficult. Jeremiah is caught in the middle of it. The invading marauders are coming in, and we hear Jeremiah's process of what he's going through, and many times it's what we go through, of who is in the influence of our life. First of all, we see that he is under the influence of problems. Problems. I know I'm probably talking to the round crowd because I assume that most of you don't have any problems. Yeah, right. Notice what he says in verse 15. Then I said, Jeremiah, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I am suffering. God, I'm suffering for Jesus. God, I'm going through all of this. God, you know, you know it. You see it. You know, I need some help here. Would you take care of me? And Lord, I, I, I'm trying to do what's right, but these problems keep coming and this difficulty keeps standing in my way. And God, I, I just don't know how much I can handle. And God, I'm in this mess because of you. And you know, God, I, I got this problem. And we all have problems, don't we? And if we don't have problems, we'll make some problems so that we have problems. We're great problem makers. We're horrible problem solvers. And so he has this problem, and this problem is influencing him to react in a certain way, isn't it? You know the problems of life can influence you to act in a certain way? I was watching the news this week. They interviewed a, a family that was going through a real tough medical time. And here was the comment I heard from someone there saying, I can't believe that a loving, righteous God would do this. The problem was influencing her view of God, wasn't it? You see, sometimes, well, you know, I've got this problem. And so people start taking drugs, take a little drink here and there. I got to have something to cope. I got to have something to deal with this. I got to have this solution. I got to try to figure this out. And we allow our problems to influence our life. And that's what Jeremiah was doing. He knew why this was all happening. He knew what was going on. It was not a shock. But he's still saying, God, come on. You know what's going on here. Help me. Deal with thee. And here's how great the problem is. Don't let me die. You ever thought your problems would be the end of you? And that you couldn't handle any more? And you're just ready to forget it? Under the influence of problems. Secondly, he's under the influence of people. Under the influence of people. Verse 15, part there, it says, Punish my persecutors. Now, last week, Pastor Blake talked about mercy. Jeremiah doesn't want any of that. God, these people are creating problems for me. Get them. 
Anybody here have some people that are creating problems for you? Yeah. Yeah, people. And Lord, I want you to take care of me. I want you to save me. But God, these people, I can't take it anymore. Would you just kind of eliminate them? Now, I'm not saying, God, you ought to kill them, but would you get them out of my life? Would you get them so that I don't have to deal with them anymore? God, give me mercy, but give them what they deserve. God, I don't want to be like them. And so we overreact. Or I want to be like them. And so we mimic them. We dress like them. We act like them. We do all kinds of things. We look like them. And so many times, you know, we allow people to influence our lives and to dictate to us how we're going to feel, how we're going to act, and what we're going to do. So he's under the influence of people. God, punish him. God, you know, I'm the good one. God, you know, punish them. <laughs> and that brings us to the third one. And, you know, we kind of see the setup here under the influence of pride. Pride. Now, I want you to notice the word I as we read these scriptures. Verses 16 and 17 of Jeremiah here. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy, my heart's delight. I bear your name, O God of heaven's armies. I never join the people in their merry feast. I sat alone because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. Well, aren't you special? God, I'm the only one right here. I'm the only one, do, you know, please hear me. If you think you're the only one right, newsflash, you're not. But we tend to think, I'm okay, you're a mess. I'm fine, you're just the problem. I've got my act together, you don't. I see things clearly, you don't. God, everybody else may fail you, I won't. God, nothing's wrong with me, it's everybody else. Pride. It's the way I see it. It's what I think. It's what I know how things should be done and how things should operate. And you know, we live in a culture that just bushes this up. You know, you, you watch the news and then they'll say something crazy like, why don't you tell us what you think? I don't want to hear what everybody else thinks. Or you go online, you're filled with what everybody else thinks, aren't you? Or you get this post and you think, well, let me tell them the truth and set them straight. Because I see things correctly and they don't, they're messed up. And I have great insight to this. Or, let me really get close to home. I have my rights. Pride. People. Problems. We're in the midst of another outbreak of COVID. And people respond differently to it, don't they? Everyone has their idea 
It's a hoax. It's the end of the world. It's the Antichrist. It's overreach. No one's going to tell me what to do. I can do what I want. I just don't see it that way. And isn't it amazing how many people have so many different convictions? (laughs) And isn't it crazy of how many people are willing to tell you what their convictions are? As a church, we're going to monitor this and look at this and do what we need to do that is reasonable, considering everybody. Not what we think, but what's best for us all. Somewhere in the Bible, it says, think about others more than you think about yourself. Somewhere it's in there. I know it is. It's got to be. And we'll take the steps that need to be taken. We encourage you, be smart. If you're not feeling well, stay home. That's just considerate of other people. If someone in your house isn't feeling well, stay home. It's just considerate of other people. It's not about your rights. As an American, you have rights. As a Christian, you don't. You gave them up a long time ago. And so you and I come to that place where what's going to influence our life? Are we going to let everything that we read about in our little phones and devices or on the TV screen or read in the print, and we're going to let all of that dictate to us how we're going to act and how we're going to think? Are we going to allow other people to influence us to behave in a certain behavior because this is what they say? Are we going to listen to the news channel, and I don't care which one you listen to, are you going to allow that to be the influence of your life and dictate to you how you're going to think about things and how you're going to act about things? things. In Jeremiah's case, he knows what's happening. God's very clear with him and has told him, Jeremiah, here's what I'm doing. Jeremiah goes, look, God, I've got these problems. Why don't you help me? I know what you're dealing with all them, but it's all about me, isn't it? Isn't it? God, I got these problems and can't you see it? Won't you deal with them? Won't you get rid of them? God, these people, God, people, man, I got an idea, God. Get rid of them. Get them out of my life. I don't just want them anymore. And God, you know that I'm the good guy here. And God, you're lucky to have me. Because I'll never do that. And I'll just be like this. Let's go on. He's under the influence of the past. The past, verse 18. Why then does my suffering continue? (laughs) Why is my wound so incurable? Now, there's all kinds of wounds, aren't there? Perhaps the hardest wounds to deal with are the wounds that nobody sees that are inside of you the hurts that life brings your way, the difficulties that you've had to endure, the problem just keeps going on. God, you see what's gone on here in the past is there. So many people 
unfortunately allow the past to control their present and their future. And yet Jesus Christ came to say, I'm going to make you a brand new person. And when you come to me, everything is all brand new. The old is gone. Everything is new. And yet we hold on to it. We allow those hurts that happen to us to keep hurting us. Rather than forgive, rather than letting it go, rather than turning it over to God, we just keep holding on. And God, you know, you've seen what happened to me, how unfair it is and how my past... Your past happened, but it doesn't control your future unless you let it. Jesus Christ came and died to bring healing to our past and to remove all of our sins and all of our stuff. So he's under the influence of the past. And he's also under the influence of doubting God's provision. Notice what he does to God. Notice what he says in verse 18. Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. God, sometimes you're there and sometimes you're not. And everything's fine. Oh, isn't God good? But when the world circumstances start being chaotic and there's wars and there's earthquakes and there's fires and there's disease and all these things, God, where are you? God, what's going on? I thought I could trust in you. I thought I could depend on you. And yet, God, here I am and nothing's happening and you're not answering it and you aren't making the changes. Here it is that I think you should make and you aren't doing what I think you should do. God, I just can't depend on you. Sometimes you're good and sometimes you're great and sometimes I don't know. Are you even there? Do you even listen? Don't look at me like that because we've all thought that sometimes, haven't we? We've all wondered. We've all been like this. God, I guess I'm the only one that I can depend on because God, at times you've failed me too. Your help is just uncertain. I can't count on you. And so in these verses, Jeremiah has kind of unloaded. There's chaos going on in his nation. There's struggles that are happening. And he just tells God, God, look, look at the problems I got to go through. Look at the people that I've got to deal with. God, I don't understand. I mean, after all, God, I know that I'm doing what's right. And God, I've got these issues that I've had to deal with time and time and time again, and they seem to never go away. God, where are you? Why aren't you doing something? I don't get it, God. Anybody ever been there? In the days and times in which we live, it's easy to get here, isn't it? It's easy to begin to question these things and blame these things and come to these and allow them to influence us. But the last verse that we're going to read today talks about how we are to be under the influence of God's presence. The influence of God's presence. So, it's a great thing about God. He'll listen to you whine and complain and blame and brag all you want. But at some moment, you're going to be quiet and you're going to hear him. And you probably won't like what he has to say. 
And here's what he says to Jeremiah. Verse 19. This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones. (laughs) What kind of words has he been speaking? Worthless ones, hasn't he? You will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. Wow. That's a good word. It's a relevant word for today, isn't it? So, what does he tell him? Let me just break it down for you because I don't want you to miss it. First thing he says is, you return to me. You return to me. Now, through all of this, Jeremiah hasn't left God spiritually, has he? But he has left God emotionally and, physically and, and spiritually in a sense. He's saying, you know, God, you're doing this. Jeremiah, stop letting the things that are going on around you in life influencing you. Get your attention back on me. Quit looking at all of that and return to me. I'm the one you look to. I'm the one that gives you hope. I'm the one that gives you strength. I'm the one who can help you get your head where it belongs. Return to me. Don't return to your favorite channel of news. Don't return to your favorite place online. Don't return to your favorite Facebook post. Return to me. That's what he says. Get your attention where it needs to be. And don't get it off of me. Secondly, let me restore you. Jeremiah, I've got this. Let me take care of it. Jeremiah, you're not in control of all that's going on in the world, but I am. Let me handle it. I've got resources you don't have. I've got a plan you don't fully understand. I'm in the midst of this. I will take care of everything that needs to happen. Jeremiah, trust me. Get your head back on me and let me restore you to a place of trust in me and who I am and what I'm able to do. It's good advice. Because it's easy for us to get distracted, isn't it? It's easy for us to still love God and yet get our head somewhere else. It's easy for us to say we're going to serve God, but then act like He doesn't exist. And God says, Jeremiah, listen to me. Get your attention and your head back where it needs to be. Jeremiah, quit speaking dumb words. Jeremiah, I've got this. I'll restore you. I'll take care of you. You're mine. I know what you're going through. I know what's going on. Trust me. And then, Jeremiah, remember your purpose. Remember your purpose. (laughs) Notice what he says there. I'll restore you. Why? So you can continue to serve me. 
You and I aren't called to fix all the world's problems. We are called to serve God and to do what we can do to aid, to help, but to serve His purposes and not ours. Stop letting all of this stuff set your agenda. I'm your agenda. Serve me. I'll restore you if you'll return to me, and I'll do that so that you can keep being a mess. No. I'll do that so that you can then fix everything. No. I'll do that so that you can serve me. Because let's face it, when we're allowing the problems to influence us, when we're allowing other people to influence us, when we're allowing ourselves to influence us, I'm going to say it this way, we're not of much use to God, are we? God says, I've got this. Come back to where you need to be in me and keep serving me. Jeremiah, would you refuse to speak worthless words? Jeremiah, do you hear yourself? Jeremiah, do you hear what you're saying? You're talking like someone who isn't in control. Jeremiah, here, let me put it to you this way now. Hold on here. Jeremiah, why are you so negative? Jeremiah, why do you always see everything that's wrong? Would you stop talking, pardon me, like an idiot? Would you stop talking like someone who doesn't know God? Would you start talking right? Would you use your words to build up, not to tear down? Would you build your words to express compassion, not anger and frustration? Would you express love? Jeremiah, stop using words that don't line up with who I am. Then finally, remain on track. Jeremiah, you must influence them. You must influence your problems. You must influence your pride. You must influence the other people. You must influence what God wants to do in this world. Do not let them influence you. You are a light in the midst of darkness. Let your light shine. The world needs people who have a confidence in Christ. The world needs people who see things from a godly standpoint. The world needs people who aren't going to be tossed back and forth by the latest news event that happens. The world needs people who are going to be consistent day after day after day in their walk with God and not be thrown for a loop because of something happened. I mentioned earlier about the person who said, why did God do this to me? Here's the other way that you influence that. You look at it this way. 
this is really hard, but I know God's going to help me. There's a world of difference between those two statements, isn't there? A world of difference. And you and I are living in difficult times. There is no doubt about that. Times are hard. We've got a lot going on around us. And with the natural eye, it doesn't look good. But in the spiritual sense, God's got this. God knows what he's doing. And I can trust him. And I don't need to try to fix everything. But I am going to serve God until the end. And I'm going to be faithful. And I'm going to know that God is faithful. So here's the question this morning. What's influencing you? Who's influencing you in the way that you're acting, in the way that you're thinking? Who's influencing you? You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. And you and I are influenced by God. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. So who's influencing you? Maybe you're listening today and uh, you're not a follower of Christ and you're just doing your own thing and you see all this and you're tossed back and forth and everything. Or maybe your pride thinks you've got it all under control. But down inside, you know you don't. And you need to let your life be influenced by God. And you need to turn your life over to Him and ask Him to forgive you. And you quit serving yourself and start serving God. Or you're a Christian here today. You've been like Jeremiah and just complaining about this and this and this and this because of all you see and hear and everything else going on. And you're allowing that to influence your feelings, your emotions, your walk with God. Maybe you need to make an adjustment today. So would you take a moment? I better pray in just a minute. Would you ask God to help you to be an influence for Him in this world in which we live? Let's pray. Just take a moment and do that. You and God. would you help us to allow you to influence us so that we can influence others to serve you? Would you help us to let our light shine, not to hide it, not to let it grow dim, but to allow it to shine in the midst of the darkness? Would you help us to let you and your word be the influence of our lives? Not other people, not our problems, not our past, not us, but you. We can trust you. You've got this. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author the finisher of our faith and to allow that to direct our life so that we can serve you and honor you in every way. Thank you. Thank you.
for helping us in the day and time in which we live. We give you praise for it. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.